it is our first episode of the new year. This is the PNC Professional Wrestling Podcast. I'm Eloise Ben. Ben, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, man. It feels like it's been forever since I last talked to you. All right. What's going on? <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I think this is the longest um, since the inception of this podcast that we've gone between recording episodes. It's been 17 days, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I've been uh, hunting for creepy uh, pictures of scary within that time. <laughs> I have to get back to do with that. Yes, well, well, I'm sure, I'm sure you've built up quite the cast to scare me with in 2023. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, um, to recording on a, on a regular schedule again because I'll, I'll tell you what, a Royal Rumble season not under the thumb of Vince McMahon is something that excites me very much. Um, so we do have a somewhat condensed show for you. Um, uh, this week, because of the uh, because of the adjusted, you know, holiday schedule, um, we are going to go over SmackDown because obviously it included John Cena's return, which is obviously big enough to include it in the show. And then, of course, we're going to go over um, Monday Night Raw. And then, since it is the beginning of um, Royal Rumble season. The show wouldn't be complete without a retro Royal Rumble review. And for this one, we picked the 95 uh, Royal Rumble. This was a fun one. Which, yes, and and without getting into too much detail, uh, folks, um, you know, the the matches leading up to the Rumble, I, I, I thought were actually more entertaining than the Rumble itself. And uh, we'll, we'll get into detail about this a little bit later on, but the actual rumble confused me. Um, okay. You and, tell me uh, which parts confused you when we get to there, to that yes. uh, part of the show. Yes, absolutely. So um, so I think we'll, we'll uh, jump right in and get you started with uh, SmackDown for uh, This Week in Wrestling. So uh, let's do just that. So right off the bat, we have a uh, promo battle between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. Mm-hmm. And you know, is it is it interesting? Yes. I mean, I could I could listen to L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt talk all night long and and not get bored. My issue with this particularly is um, it's it's going on too long with that, and I feel like we're not getting enough progression. I know I know that's in the title of of our show, and I I don't use that word because of because you, say, you say you said regression. Are are those progressions? <laughs> No, no, I said progression. I oh I said, yeah, I said progression. All right. Um, I said um, you know, I don't use that word only because it's in our our show title, but I I use it because it it's something that I believe in that's uber necessary to always be focusing on in professional wrestling, and I feel like with this storyline in particular, we're not getting enough of it. Um. At, at, at this point in time, 
No, I like Bray Wyatt's promos, but they get boring in the week, hearing them week after week. Well, that, well, that's exactly where I'm at with it, and you know, it just, um, it just needs to. For me, he needs to get in the ring, and um, and I think I think we're we're finally getting there. It was finally confirmed that he's going to have his first uh, main roster match because he has been wrestling in um, live events against Jinder Mahal of all people. <laughs> That's an odd pairing. Like I don't understand what I I don't understand that either. But he will be. Uh, reportedly, he will be having what's being billed as a pitch black match. At, um, I'm, I'm curious. You know what? While you're talking, I'm gonna look that up. I'm just, I just want to know what what's going on here. Go on. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not sure if any rules have been released or any you know stipulations or explanation as to what that means. Um, but um. But, you know, I had an interesting conversation uh, with a friend of mine about the about the um, dynamic between L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt right now. Um, obviously, it's very interesting because both of these guys can talk. But my friend felt like L.A. Knight was starting to outshine uh, Bray Wyatt a little bit. And I, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far yet. Um, but it but it gets back to your point of just feeling like this is very repetitive and we need to get um we need to get Bray Wyatt in the ring. Now I now I will say so, that so Ben, hold on. So yeah, uh no rules have been revealed yet for the pitch black match. Yeah, well I didn't I didn't think so because I to be honest with you, I I looked um earlier this week leading up to leading up to tonight. And from um, around reading here, it's called the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match. I guess Mountain Dew sponsored it. I don't know. Well, you know, oddly enough, and you know, unfortunately, in this situation, we're not a uh, we're not a video podcast. But if if they are sponsoring the show, uh, that match. I'm drinking a Mountain Dew right now, so uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Mountain Dew. Maybe you want to sponsor the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I, um, interestingly enough, I had a, um, I had a pair of um, of uh, Mountain Dew pajama pants for a long time, and um, my uh, one of my one of my dogs tore them up because she got overexcited when she was sitting in my lap, and I got so pissed off. <laughs> Because I really like my Mountain Dew PJs. <laughs> what is going on? I'm a I'm a long I'm a long time Mountain Dew fan, and I, I've been doing the Dew for a long time. And no, I'm not a fat slob motherfucker. Uh, you know, no. Uh, but I I do I do partake in doing the Dew. So if you, if any representatives from Mountain Dew are listening to the show, uh, feel free to drop a line in Elio's email. And uh, PNC exclusive, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and let us know how to, uh, how, to, how to get on our sponsorship list. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I'm very I'm very interested um to see where they go with um 
with Bray Wyatt. Um, now, now something very interesting did happen. It would appear that. Um, no, we're not taking calls right now. Uh, unless, right? unless unless it's the Mountain Dews, unless it's the Mountain Dew rep taking our call. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just, so it would appear that Uncle Howdy attacked Bray Wyatt, which was an interesting twist. Oh, did you uh, hear this? Hear this the new uh, theory? Uh no, what what's the what's the new theory? So so apparently, uh, like well, everyone's saying it's both Dallas, which makes sense. But now that now some are saying, like after looking at the long hair, it it could be Edge. Oh God, uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> what? That doesn't even make sense. It has nothing to do with Bray Wyatt. Exactly. You know, some people just need to need to use their brains a little bit. You know, it's just very disturbing. Um, but it's um, I don't know. So go ahead. We'll, we'll see. But um, so th- this whole thing with Uncle Howdy um attacking Bray Wyatt um made it very interesting. O- originally, I thought it might uh, it might have been. Um, you know, the Uncle Harper character making a debut. Well, see, actually, uh, that's another thing that fans were saying that because it was a different mask, that's that might be Uncle Harper, not Uncle Howdy. Yeah, well, and that was something I noticed, but then, then it, it what, what made me get confused, honestly, was the guy that slid out of the ring was wearing the Uncle Howdy hat. Oh, okay. So I was, I was a little bit confused at that, but then when I went back and saw the and saw the lighting, I um, I I realized that he was wearing a different mask. So that's where I got crossed up. Um, so that that was interesting. I I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to call it a high point though, um, just because of my impatience with with wanting to uh wanting to see more um now hold on, hold on before you go on though what happened to the firefly funhouse characters i i i don't know i guess they uh i guess that they uh they've been forgotten since the the, the debut segment but that's a very interesting question um, unless they will eventually be brought to life by Uncle Howdy and Uncle Harper. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to ask the guys on Friday night when we record their show. But that, that's, a, that's a very interesting question because, um, because to be honest with you, I hadn't thought about that. So the thought-provoking questions right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Talk. PNC exclusive. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah. match number one, we had uh, Sheamus versus Solo Sokoa. This was a great match. This was my high point. Yes, absolutely. Sign me up for that for that one. I am um, I am really becoming a very big fan of uh, Solo Sokoa very quickly. Um, you know, and and of course, you can't go wrong with Sheamus. I mean. 
you know, uh, 2022 was such a banner year for Sheamus. And, it, you know, I mean, good God, how could you possibly not enjoy Sheamus's work? Um, but we go right from a high point to a low point. And this pisses me off tremendously. Uh -oh. Now, now, before anybody has a, you know, conniption fit with what I'm about to say, because I've always been anti-Charlotte Flair a little bit, I'm going to go with both sides of the argument, but I'm, I'm always going to stay fervently on the side of anti-Charlotte Flair. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question question of the week at you at, at the end after okay. before but the just, fun stuff. But just hear me out. So yeah, go on. So we have a SmackDown women's title match between Ronda Rousey, um, and R Raquel Rodriguez. And keep keep in mind, R Raquel still has the the arm injury and and nobody gives and nobody really gives a shit about this match. Nobody's gonna remember it, uh, you know, especially after what happened um, after the fact. However, oh sorry, speaking of that, I have to have a Ron Rousey question to throw at you after as well. Go on, sorry. Absolutely. So, um, but having said that. Um, this, this was the best match I've seen Ronda Rousey have since her re return to the company by a long shot. So, so I know I've been very anti Ronda Rousey in her in her second return to the company, um, but I just I just want to be fair in saying that her showing against Raquel was was a very very good one. Now. This is where I get pissed off. But let me get let me get the 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 positive aspect out of out of the way of this very very quickly, okay? Because I have always been anti Ronda Ronda Rousey as well since her return to the company, uh, since she had the baby. Um, now. Ronda Rousey has done absolutely nothing to elevate the women's division since she came back to the company and has been nothing short of an anchor or an iceberg sinking the Titanic or any other catastrophic uh, <laughs> you know, comparison you can make. That, that is what Ronda Rousey has been to the women's division. She's just been terrible. But that being said, not not to mention she just puts me to sleep. I, you know, <laughs> she, she, I, I think she puts any wrestling fans to sleep. Yep. Um, she is she is wrestling the answer to NyQuil. But but. So there's that as well. Um, but, but so the, the positive side of this was that we got the belt off of Ronda Rousey, which, which in any situation I think is a positive, because ever since she's had the belt, it it, it has just been absolutely catastrophic to, to the women's division, yep. and I cannot overstate that. Now, here comes the negative. 
Okay, and, and, and are you ready? Because this is going to be a rant. Okay. Because, because I just can't help myself. Fucking Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck my life as a wrestling fan. When, oh, Charlotte, no. when Charlotte Flair comes on the screen, and then I, I swear to God, I, after... After my friend hears this rant, my friend Jeff, who had the conversation with me about Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight, and I love this guy to death. He's my best friend of 16 years. I'm an uncle to his children. Love you to death. Would do anything for you. But this is this is a sticking point of our of our friendship here. He. Uh-oh. He has a love fest with Charlotte Flair. He thinks that he he thinks that she is God's gift to professional wrestling. She's the best wrestler, you know, male or female on the roster. Period. End of conversation. Done. Okay. And and I just I couldn't disagree with you or with him anymore if I possibly tried. But this just pisses me off with Charlotte Flair because we haven't seen her in seven fucking months. Now, granted, I don't know what she was doing after she got married to Andrade because my understanding was she originally took time off to get married to Andrade. I don't, last time I checked, it doesn't take seven months to get married to somebody. <laughs> it doesn't take seven months to go on honeymoon. So I don't know what she was doing. So I'm not, I'm not going to um, pontificate or blame her for any, any of that because I don't know what the situation is. But I will blame her and her booking of, and the booking of Charlotte Flair on the fact that not 60 seconds after she reemerges after seven months, she reclaims the women's title for a 14th time. Fuck my life. And you wonder why I rant about Charlotte Flair and her being the chosen one and the female version of John Cena. Well, I have a question. You know, so would you have kept it on Ronda or given it to Raquel? I would have given it to Raquel. Honestly, I, 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 I mean, I understand the argument that she's not ready, but I would much, I would have much rather had it on New Blood than than giving it to fucking Charlotte Flair again. Okay, and you know. And aside aside from my rant, Elio, which I'm which I'm not done. I'll get back to that in in a minute because I promise you I'm not done with my rant against Charlotte Flair's booking. I believe you. Um, but I, 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 I but I have a legitimate question. Okay. What what does this what does this 14th title run? Do? And and the fact that she won it less than sixty seconds after returning after seven months of absence, what does this fourteenth title reign do for Charlotte Flair? What's the purpose of it? Nothing. I think uh, I, I'm just guessing. I'm just uh, guessing they wanted to get the uh, build off Ronda, but uh, I don't know why they, they gave it to Charlotte. And 
and that finish a roll up. Oh my god, it it, it kills me. I by the way, in case, you guys should know this already, but in case you don't, I wish I, I wish I had Elio's mic in front of me, but. Let me see if I can raise my voice a little bit without disturbing my mother who's watching TV right outside my door. I hate the roll-up finish. I hate it. God damn. I, I can hear your mother right now. Yes, we know you do, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just... um. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, getting back to my rant against Charlotte Flair, this has this has nothing to do with her personally. I know nothing ab about Ashley Flair, the person. This is everything to do with Charlotte Flair, the performer. Okay? Now, in the ring, I have always acknowledged that she is a fantastic professional wrestler. Have I, have I not, can you back me up on that, Elio? Have I or have I not always acknowledged that Charlotte Flair is a great professional wrestler? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, having said that, her promos put me to sleep. Yep. It, they sound so forced. They sound so... I I I can't I can't deal with it. So that, that's number one. Number and number two. Um, believe it or not, I I think I think her booking is a detriment to the women's division. I really do because when you focus so much on one person, and you have. 14, um, 14 title runs on on one person who now you're gonna you're now the the now people are gonna start arguing you guys say well what about Randy Orton what about Triple H what about you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not talking about that right now that that that's a this is a different conversation and my my answer to that argument would be that that was a different that was a different time a different um set of circumstances when when wrestling was presented in an entirely different way yeah. you know and women were not seen right or wrong women were not seen as as championship level professional wrestlers nearly to the same degree as a Triple H or Randy Orton or even a Ric Flair back in the day. So when you when you say, well, would you be having that argument if Triple H had won, you know, you know, 17, 18 world titles, if it was today, yes. And and I I had that conversation when when John Cena was actively doing it, I I hated the fact that John Cena constantly won the championship. I did, because you know I have I have always said this about John Cena. I have ne I have never been too much of a fan of John Cena's in ring work. I ne I never have been. 
my respect of John Cena came from the fact of of how hard he worked, how, how much passion he had for the business, how much work he did with Make-A-Wish, how much he cared, how much he consistently proved that he cared, and how and how and how time and time again he proved that he was a quality human being. That is where my respect for John Cena came into play. I was never a fan of his um, from a from a professional wrestling in ring perspective. I just I just wasn't. Um, so that that would be my counter argument for that. I was never a fan of John Cena constantly winning the titles because, it, you know, it just. I didn't see the point in in one person winning winning the title over and over and over again, and then and then losing it to Edge, you know, a month later, two months later, them hot potatoing the title back and forth between the two of them, whatever the case may be. But um, you know, getting back to Charlotte Flair, it's just I I don't understand why it constantly has to be her she she pit she she, it's like she's on the picket lines insisting that she has to be in main events she has to be the center of attention all the time i don't know i don't know if that's her i don't know if that if that's her campaigning for Charlotte Flair or Ashley Flair being having to be the center of attention all the time. I I don't know. There's some I can't figure out if if it's if it's Charlotte Flair that I should be mad at, the character, because her character work is great. Like her playing the heel, she's wonderful at that. And in the ring, she's great. But I I, I cannot figure out for the life of me, why why the system insists on having the title on her again and again and again. And I I would say this if Vince was in charge, I would say this if Triple H was in charge, I would say this if God himself was in charge of this booking decision. This was the worst booking decision that Triple H has ever made since his, since he became in charge of this situation. What the hell does this do for the women's division? And and people and people wanna wanna question why Sasha Banks is going to New Japan. I ha- I have to go on, on social media and see and see gifts of of you know Triple H's head being, you know, being inserted on on the other people's heads as they run as they run after Sasha Banks as she's going into New Japan. Seriously, is that what you saw? Yes. Wow. I, I'm, are, are, are people that bored? I, yeah, and it's just, but this is why. Like, why would why would Sasha Banks, why would Mercedes Verano want to be associated with a women's division who, who does this? Yep. Why? 
and and I and if they were doing this with somebody else that that wasn't Charlotte Flair, I would say the same thing. If if Sasha Banks was winning the title twenty four times, or you know fourteen times or seventeen times, I would say the same thing. It does. It doesn't matter who it is. It's it's when it's when you force feed it to to us time and time again. It's the same reason why nobody liked Roman until he turned heel with Paul Heyman. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the same thing. And you wonder why we bitch and why we complain. We're not, we're not bitching and complaining. We're pointing out something that is so blatantly obvious, and yet you don't, you don't understand why your ratings are in the toilet. Like, hello. But uh, moving on... Um, and then, oh my God. And then, so, so, so after, after all this, we, we get this turned into a match and then of course she wins the title. And then, but, but, but before we, but before we move on, I, I have to, I have to, I wanted to move on and then I scrolled down and realized that this whole thing got turned into a match and then. You know, and then it was Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair, and then I was re- reminded of the celebration, and I can't move on from this. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, did, uh, did you watch SmackDown? Yep. Okay. Why the fuck? <laughs> I mean this with every ounce of my heart and soul. Why the fuck was she celebrating like she just won at WrestleMania? Why the fuck was she running through the crowd with confetti and fireworks going on? Like, what? You didn't accomplish anything. You did nothing. You came in after somebody got their fucking ass, you know, you know, whipped in a fucking match, wrestled their ass off for a lot longer than twenty-four fucking seconds, or whatever the whatever the fuck the match time was that you were in the ring. You know, I I, I don't understand this Charlotte Flair thing. I I don't. I understand how good she is in the ring. I I've said that time and time again, but what the fuck, people? Like, literally, what the fuck? And you wonder why I complain about the women's division in WWE. Good Lord. Like, are you kidding me? And then, and then the main matter is even worse, and this isn't even about the, the, the women's division or Charlotte Flair. The main event, this tag team match between Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, uh, versus Kevin Owens and John Cena. I wasn't a fan of this. I was not a fan of this at all. Now, now, granted, we have to say this. I'm sure John Cena was under restrictions because he's filming movies and blah, blah, blah. So they have to protect him. They have to do this. They have to do that. And they- and you're protecting John for a multitude of reasons, uh, you know, and they they wanted to get him on the show because this was their last opportunity for him to wrestle in 2022, 
and get them on the air 20 consecutive years. I get that. I, and for all the reasons I already mentioned, I respect the hell out of John Cena. Don't have a problem with But But they were calling this the, potentially the match of the year. Like, this match was so important. They were talking about this for weeks. They were hyping it up all night. You know, if 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 sixty percent of this match did not take place in, in in a commercial break, I'm not wearing a black hat. And and look up at me, Elio. What am I wearing? You're not wearing a black hat. You said. Am, am I wearing a black hat? No, I don't see a black hat on him. Uh, okay. Well, I I am. I don't know why you can't see that, but I am wearing a black hat. Uh, here, let me You're wearing a black cap. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm I'm wearing a black hat. Congratulations. A black cap. Oh God! Don't be weird. Okay. <laughs> but and, go ahead. No, you're wearing a black hat. Go on. But but anyway, it's like. Why would you hype this up so much and then have this be the match that you produce? And even if you do have to protect Cena for the reasons I already explained, why are you having 60% of the match take place in commercials? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get it. So th- this whole thing was a swing and a miss for me. Um, and then... You know, and then they and then the bloodline comes back on Raw and gets their win right back. So what? So in the end, what was the point of even having John Cena come on the show? And also, uh, did you catch uh, what the the mic was uh, loud? Well, yes, and, <laughs> and was. And that's the other thing. Every single John Cena match, you can hear all the spots calls. Like, it's just it was that was bad. Oh, it was it was horrendous. And, and one of one of my friends said the same thing on on Twitter, and I responded, "Well, well, isn't that to be expected? It's John Cena, for God's sake." I mean. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember the match he had with John with um, AJ Styles at SummerSlam? I believe it was SummerSlam 2017, maybe 2018. Um, but I mean, those were those were like clothesline, hurricane runner. You know, I mean, he was he was screaming at him like like, like AJ Styles was fucking death. Oh. <laughs> But with that in mind, that brings us to the end of the of the SmackDown review, and we'll be right back because we're being kicked off by our virtual producer. Yes, we know. Get us on the line with Mountain Dew, goddammit. Do, do your job during our commercial break, bitch. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we are back, and we are now going to get into Monday Night Raw, the first Raw of 2023 which took place in the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. And right away, we uh, 
Uh, well, first of all, we have the bloodline attacking everyone at ringside. That was a really cool way to start off the show. I uh, yeah, that was um definitely a high point for me. And then uh, from there, we went into um, the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. It's just a a weird match. But it was it was kind of uh, interesting seeing the 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 weird masks in in the crowd. Those uh, two uh, whatever those two uh, people wearing the Akumari masks. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you something. Are are you are you interested in seeing um, Alexa Bliss realign with Bray Wyatt? Yes, but I don't want to see her with. I want. I don't want to see possessed Alexa Bliss. What? Well, like like we did uh, before the first time with the stupid Lily doll. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm concerned about. If we can if we can get some sort of alignment without the possession and without the doll, then I'm good. But I just yeah. um, I'm not interested otherwise. And then uh, we had Solo Score and Elias in street fights. You know, I I thought this was going to be stupid because the last time we had one of these, it was um, it was uh, Braun Strowman. Oh, I remember that. What was it? Was that the Symphony of uh, Destruction match or something? Yes, exactly what it was. Um, and um, you know, so I was a little bit concerned that that's what this was going to be. Um, but it actually turned out to be pretty good. Now I now I understand that the guy that interfered and smashed the guitar um, against uh, against Solo Sokoa is the guy that is providing the the theme music for the next. Oh, um, uh, Hardy for the Royal Rumble. But then again, like yeah, Hardy. Uh, most people were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And I, I, and I don't blame him. You know, it, it, I wouldn't have had him get in the ring like that. It's just, it's not necessary. But it, I'll tell you what, it's better than seeing Rick Ross on my screen. <laughs> yeah, right. With the uh, with the um, money mogul and like. Yeah, the, mo- mo- the mogul affiliates. Okay, just stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and uh, un- unfortunately, we have to review that on on the next episode of uh, the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast because we're coming back on Saturday to review um, Dynamite and SmackDown. So. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll get more of the mogul affiliates and and possibly even more Rick Ross. Oh yay! <laughs> Hopefully we don't get any more big motherfucker references. And then we have from there we had the Usos and Sami Zayn versus the Street Profits and Kevin Owens. You know, this was this was a good match. This was, yep, this was definitely another high point. And I agree with you, but again, I have to question: if you're going to do that, then what was the point of having John Cena uh, and and Kevin Owens? I mean, I don't get me wrong; I know what the point was, but if you're going to have if you, if you're going to have the match and the way it did on Raw, 
then really what was the point of the match on SmackDown in retrospect? You know? Also, I have a question because uh, now I was out on Monday night, but I did uh, watch this on my phone because I had internet where I was, but they came no inside to hit the eye or something, or was it? Because it looked black, his left eye. Yeah, I think he did. Okay, because I was uh, when I saw him, like, oh, it looks like he uh, got hit in the eye. All right. So another low point. Okay, my first low point here: Dexter Lumis and Chad Gable. And right, wow, perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we had Dexter Lumis and Chad Gable. I, I don't know. I mean, where are they going with Dexter Lumis now? Now. Now that he's done with the Miz. Well, 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 I'm glad he's done with the Miz. Thank God. Yeah. Thank, but um, you know, I I really I really hope they turn him heel and get him into like a serious um like a almost like a Tommaso Champa type role. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I would like to see. You know what I want to see? I want to see Samuel Shaw back. That character. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I like. No, no, I don't call him Samuel Shaw. I'm just saying, like, uh, but like that kind of character, which he kind of is already. Well, yeah, I, I can kind yeah. of see that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, we had um, Dakota Kai and Io Sky versus Becky Lynch and Mia Yim. I hate when they call. I hate when they call her Mi Chin. Thank you. <laughs> you know, like some weeks they they don't call that, some weeks they do. I you don't know? like it. I don't I, know. I, I hate it. It's like okay, we get it. She's yeah. crazy. Who cares? Right. And from there we have our main event, Austin Theory defending the United States Championship, defeating Seth Rollins. This was an absolute high point. You can't go wrong with these two no. guys. And apparently, uh, Seth Rollins was helped to the back uh, after Raw because he, he collapsed. Is what um, I read. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw a clip of that right before we came on the air tonight. Um, so hopefully, hopefully his knee isn't too badly messed up. Maybe he was just selling. Um, but um, yeah, I'm hoping that he's not injured long term. Because that would really suck. All right. So, um, do you have anything else from Raw? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. So that's that's all for Monday Night Raw. Now we are gonna get into our Retro Rumble review. We have Royal Rumble 1995. Ben, what do you have? Um. So, like, like I said, I was actually kind of um surprised because. I kind I kind of I kind of prefer the, the matches leading up to the Rumble match over the over the Rumble match itself. Um, okay. Now, uh, <laughs> now I know that you uh, that you're kind of a, um, a WWE poster nerd. Um, did, what? Did he, no, like the pay-per-view posters. I know uh, you, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um, 
So, um, have you seen the the poster for this pay per view? I don't believe I have. I'm just pulling up the results uh, right now on um on my end. Let me uh, check it out. Please. Look oh at my God! Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I I remember this poster just of the beach with sand and water. Well, yeah, it's, I remember this poster. It's awful. It is terrible. I could do better work than that. Look, hold on. Here we go. What, what is that? What? It's just, it's awful. Come on. No, hold on. There it is. There it is. There it is. Better mm-hmm. What is that? What? <laughs> Come on. I mean, did someone, photo, did someone uh, run this through Photoshop? Well, something. I don't know if Photoshop. I don't think they had Photoshop back then. But still. Still. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so let's get into the match by match review. So we started right. out with. Well, uh, and uh, while, while you're doing that, I'm just pulling up the results so I can do the ratings uh, as we go along. Right. So we started out with um, Razor Ramon versus. Jeff Jarrett for the um, Intercontinental title. Yep. Now, was it just me or like? Because I remember that we we did we did. I believe we did all of the '94 reviews for the pay per views. Now, if I remember correctly, um, Jeff Jarrett wrestled um, Razor on all of those shows. So they must have wrestled each other a lot between '94 and '95. Well, well, um, but those were also in tag team matches. This is like their first actual singles uh, feud. Well, well, and, and, and that's a very fair point. That's a, I didn't think about that, but that's a very fair point. Um, but yeah, this this was actually um a very good match. Um. I didn't really like the the ending, the which led to the match continuing, um, because um, the roadie, aka Road Dog, had um, had chop blocked um, Razor on the on the outside to cause a count out, um, to to get the match to end originally. But then um, Jarrett got pissed off about winning the match by disqualification because, as we all know, it, you know the title doesn't change hands by disqualification or a countout. So I guess he campaigned to the ref to get the match uh, restarted, and um, eventually he uh, he was really focusing on the. Um, on the uh, figure four leg lock, um, so so the original ending came, came just shy of twelve minutes into the match, and then with the um, with the extended ending, uh, it, it went about eighteen minutes. Um, I um, you know I would have given this match a higher rating had it not been for. For the bullshit ending, but I will I will give them credit in terms of being creative in terms of the finish. Um, but but you know I I was I was enjoying the match as it was going along originally, so I would have just 
um, preferred it to end the way it did the first time. And what did you give this out of five? I would have given it a three out of five. Fifty-five percent gave it a four. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would still um say that that's a smidge too generous, but you know, it is, it is Razor Ramon and his character work was fantastic. So. All right, next we had IRS versus The Undertaker, and this feud started at the Survivor Series. When IRS attacked uh, Undertaker following the casket match against Hugozuna. This match was absolutely terrible. This match gave me gas. What? Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> PNC exclusive. <laughs> what is going on? This, this match was atrocious. Wait, would you give it out of five? I gave it a one. It, it was, it was awful. Oh, you, you, you know, go on. You're gonna be upset. Go on. What was going on with the with the druids? I mean, honestly, like I didn't understand it. Like, I, you know, they and they looked atrocious. They look like they got their their uh, robes from you know Party City. I don't know if Party City was a thing back in '95, but Jesus Christ, um, you know. And but but in all seriousness, with the caliber of talent involved in that match, because let's be honest, both the Undertaker and IRS are extremely good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And I I would have expected just a higher quality match between the two of them. Really, and, it, and especially with the with the feud that was was getting started with with the um you know a million dollar corporation and all this stuff, I just would have expected a a, a different um a different quality and um and it just turned out to be really hokey, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's part of the course being you know the the mid 90s i guess yeah wrestling was a weird time back then if you notice 94 had a story arc did you notice that yeah i did especially especially with the um with the aforementioned million dollar corporation yeah uh you're gonna be very upset though 64 percent gave this match a three uh, on what planet? Like, no, I, I would see. See, and, and I, I'm not a person that has ever done illicit drugs in my life. Okay, now, now I've, I've, I've had to be on some pretty powerful pharmaceuticals for legitimate reasons. But I want to know what these people were on when they're rating these things, and you know, you know what. What are they getting in exchange for offering these bullshit ratings? Because I'm not, I'm not getting it. I don't know. So moving on. All right. So next we had Bret Hart versus Diesel for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, which ended without as in an old contest. I will say I I preferred their match at Survivor Series. Um, I I just thought that that was like a classic classic um but um 
But this match was very, very good. I don't like like to be honest with you, I don't remember I don't remember Kevin Nash being this good because my my and and I don't I don't mean that as an insult to Kevin Nash because my just hear me out because my exposure because as I mentioned um, during the open of the po- of the podcast you have to understand when when this pay per view took place I I was six years old and I had started to watch wrestling but if I told you that I understood wrestling uh, entirely. Um, or even close to it, I would be bullshitting you. Um, so my understanding of wrestling uh, really came to came to be when I was like eight, it, really around the formation of the NWO, and obviously Kevin Nash was a big part of that. Um, now, now I when Kevin Nash was in the NWO, obviously his character work was awesome, but and I don't mean this as disrespect to Kevin Nash. Um, especially in light of what he's gone through recently, which is absolutely awful. Um, but I, I don't, I don't remember him being this good in the ring because the ma- the matches that he had with Bret Hart at Survivor Series, um, the match that he had with Bret Hart here, the matches that he had with with Shawn Michaels, those matches were awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially the one at Survivor Series. If you guys haven't seen that, I think um, we we reviewed um, we reviewed Survivor Series '94 on a, on a show in in a not too distant past. It wouldn't be that bad to uh, it wouldn't be that hard to go back and find it. It's, we always list what we cover in the description of each episode. So it, wouldn't yep. be that, it wouldn't be that hard to go back and find it. But if if you guys hadn't. Um, either seen that episode or seen that pay-per-view, I uh, would highly recommend you go back and um, take a look. Um, but yeah, this match was easily the, the highlight of the entire night for me. Just like the, the storytelling th- throughout the entire match. I've always been big on the fact that the, that the story and the wrestling has to complement each other. If one of those if one of those aspects is off, then even if it's a five-star classic wrestling-wise, it's not going to connect with you. Like, and the example that I'll that I give you is like the matches between the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at twenty-five, twenty-six. Yes, those those matches are classics. But do you really think that they would be remembered if the story wasn't what it was? Nope. No. At least to the, I'm not saying it wouldn't be remembered at all, because obviously that would be bullshit, because it was so good. But the the story surrounding them is what made the matches so yeah. intriguing, especially and, 25. Oh my god, 20, 25. It, see, I always go back and forth between two matches. Like there, there would there would be two matches that I would show somebody if i had to explain why i was a wrestling fan and what i appreciate so much about the art there'd be two matches that i would show them and one of them would be wrestlemania 25 and the other one would, would be um would be eddie Guerrero versus Rey mysterio halloween having 97 
to me, those matches are just studies in wrestling perfection. Um, but but especially from a story perspective, that being wrestling is plenty flat. Um, but getting back to getting back to this one, um, I was I was very intrigued when um, when Brett and uh, Diesel were showing each other respect at the um, at the beginning of the match. You know, they kind of they kind of did the over under fist bump deal, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of interesting because I had always. I had always understood Diesel to be a heel kind of character, um, and then, but they were both being portrayed as baby faces in this um, in this scenario, and I had I had never seen a baby face Diesel before, so that was kind oh, of wait wait. Remember Survivor ninety four uh, when uh, Shawn Michaels kicked him in the face, and then uh, and then uh, he uh. He uh, left and uh, ran out of the car, and he said uh, he was talking about Diesel. How he made Diesel like I would be nothing without him. Yeah, but at that point, Diesel was still a heel because he was still aligned with um, with Sean at the beginning of the show. But then uh, two days later, he beat Bob Backlund for the World Lightweight Championship thing. That's uh, when he turned face. R- right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. But I'm I'm just saying like that was the first pay per view that I had to, that yeah, I yeah I've never seen him as, I've never I've never seen him as a face I've always even when he was a Vinny Vegas which was a terrible gimmick sorry or like <laughs> super or super shredder Jesus Christ I, I don't know in the words of CM Punk he was absolutely right with this one I don't know who would remember that one but God bless you if you don't oh but I have I have teenage mutant shows too on VHS. Well, I, and I love those movies. I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely. I'm, I'm. I was born in the '80s, but I was raised in the '90s, and I, I absolutely love those movies. Yep. So, what um, do you, what do you have this match at? I give it a four, a four star. And sixty percent agree with you. They give it a four star. Absolutely. And then uh, we we have a really weird match. <laughs> One, two, three, kid, and Bob Holly versus Man Man Bigelow and Tatanka in the tournament final to found new WF Tag Team Champions. So, so I, I was, I was baffled by this one. So as soon as this one start, it started, I kind of paused it and I went back and I did some research. Oh, okay. Uh, come to find, come to find out, um. Come to find out, they lost the title to the Smoking Guns the following night on Raw, um, which kind of which kind of took me out of the match. I kind of wish that I hadn't done that, but I was I was the reason why I did that was I don't I don't remember Spark Plug and Sean Waltman ever being a tag team at all, so I was like very thrown off by that. Mm-hmm. But but so so for that reason, the match was weird. But it was very, very good considering. Like I wasn't expecting it to be good. But it, it once I gave it a chance and I actually sat down and watched it, I actually thought it was good until until um until Tatanka knocked uh knocked Bam Bam Bigelow off the ropes. I thought I thought that spot was a little weak, but other than that, I, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the match. 
Uh, and so, uh, what do you, when did you give this one? Um, I would give it a three. All right. 63% give it a four. Uh, that was, see, that's entirely too generous. And, and, <laughs> and you know, we have a lot of fun on this show and we, and we joke around and stuff like that. But what are you smoking? <laughs> What are you smoking? Seriously? Right? <laughs> that brings us to the final match of the pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble match itself. Adam Bomb, Aldo Montoya, Smoking Guns, British Bulldog, the Bushwhackers, Crush, Dick Murdoch, Doink Clown, Duke the Dumpster, the Blue Brothers, Fatu, the Henry Godwin, Jimmy Del Rey, and Tom Pritchard, the Heavenly Bodies, King Kong Bundy, Quang, Lex Luger, Men on a Mission, Mantar, Bob Backlund, Owen Hart, Rick Martel, Shawn Michaels, Sione, and well done. And of course, Shawn Michaels winning the Royal Rumble match. Sione, aka the Barbarian. Yes, that's weird, pairing him with Fatu. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand that pairing. But I, as soon as I saw him, I recognized him as a barbarian. Uh, yeah. Quick, um, uh, quick little personal side note. I actually did an angle with the barbarian at a wrestling show once uh, for, for the company I'm associated with. He was, he was the nicest guy ever. He, I mean, he was like for for all the stories you hear about him, like being being like a badass and somebody like you don't want to fuck with, which it was just very true. Same same with like Haku, and those kind of guys. He he was he was so nice. It, it was it was it was almost off putting. <laughs> um, but yeah, we yeah when they called him Sioni, I'm, I'm like what? Because I, I I didn't I didn't rem- I don't remember that gimmick. Like that must have been a very short lived scenario. It, yeah, it was short lived because uh, they only made a, like a handful of appearances on Raw and um, like I said, the Royal Rumble. Right. So the so, uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels winning this are uh, the well actually uh. The commentators were uh, from the angle that he went over the top rope. It looked like both feet were touching the ground. However, the the announcement was made that only one touched the ground, so he was still in it. Well, this and this was like a classic ending to the Royal Rumble, and this is what people remember about it. And you know, Elliot was right; only one foot did hit the ground, and they and they and they shot the ending. Um, from the like from the back, like from yeah. from the opposite side of the ring. Um, so you you see you see um Shawn Michaels back, um, and then and then you see him come back up and like skin the cat kind of thing. Um, but um, so that that part was really cool. What was what was what was so um off putting to me. Um, from this uh, Royal Rumble, a couple of different things. One, um, there was only 60 seconds between entrants. 
So it was very hard for me to keep track of like who's who and what was what because everything got got so crowded so quickly. Like the match didn't have space to breathe. Um, and then um, and then and then the other the other the other part was like there was so many mid-level names in this match where it was like. The to me, there were only four possible names that could have won that match. Oh, oh, okay. Who do you? Who are your four? And and that was and that was the by and large the final four of that were in the match. My, minus um minus minus crush. Um, my my picks would have been for final four would have been Owen Hart, which didn't happen because Bret Hart attacked him as revenge for um, earlier in the evening when he, uh, when Owen attacked him during his uh, championship match. So that would have been one of my picks. Um, Lex Luger, um, who I believe was in the final four. Um the British Bulldog, and then of course Shawn Michaels, and those two were 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 around the final two in the match. But other other than that, like none of these other people have a chance of winning this match, like n- like none. So for that reason, I was taken out of the out of the rumble match. Um, in general, I'm not sure if they had um injury problems going into that rumble, so they. They needed just bodies to fill the ring, or they just didn't have star power. Period. At that point, because it was '95, and and um, and WWF was in a downswing because they were coming off of uh, a Vince's steroid trial. So I'm I'm not really sure, but th- this was just a a, a very weak. Royal Rumble in terms of in terms of quality, I thought. But it, o- overall, I thought I thought the show was very um, was very good, and largely it was carried by the two matches. One one of course being the WWF Championship match, and the other being the Intercontinental Title match. Right, and thirty six percent gave the Royal Rumble match itself a four star. No way. No. <laughs> no possible way. I would give it a two. Okay. What what would you have given it? I kinda like that. you know what? I would have given it a three. But not a four. Uh, maybe a three. Okay. But uh-huh. overall uh, this the show itself What do you uh-huh. have for overall? I out of out of five, yeah. Um, I would give it a three and a half. Thirty-seven percent give it a four. Okay, these these people <laughs> these people must have been smoking on something. I, I'm convinced. All right, so go on. They must have been smoking what Tony Khan was smoking many years later when he announced the. The acquisition of ROH. <laughs> All 
Alright, so that's all for the way one will. Um, we will be back shortly and we'll get into all the fun stuff. Well, of course, we have the, the SI list, which I'll have ready um, when we get back. Alright, we are back, and uh, Ben, <laughs> you, told, you told me about this list, and I told you that we already uh, covered it on uh, Friday's episode, and I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, your guess is as good as mine, because when I saw this thing, I was like, what the hell is so, going on? So, so Sports Illustrated uh, does wrestling lists now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since when has that been the case? So let me go over this list, okay, because this is especially number 10. Number 10 just confuses me, okay? okay. So number 10, we have Masha Slamovich. And Masha Slamovich is from Impact Wrestling. She is absolutely terrible. I've seen her matches, and I'm not sure why they put her on this list, but I'm pretty sure that the... Guys, the people at Sports Illustrated have never seen a Masha Slamovich match before and don't even know who she is. Uh, yeah, that it, it, well, I, I've never heard of uh, Masha Slamovich, so I can tell you, but... Um... Number nine and number eight, we have Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. What? How, yeah. are, they, how, how are they only at number nine? Explain that to me. Number nine and number eight. You cash wheelers number nine, Dax Harwood's number eight. What? what? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, number seven is another one that that confuses me. El Hijo del Vikingo. I've never heard of him. Which is uh Spanish for son of the Viking. Uh he this guy is uh, from in triple A. He did have, I believe, he was in Impact Wrestling for a short, for a short time. Uh, but that's about it. Because I remember we covered one of his matches on the other show on uh, Wrestling POV Global. And uh, this guy, yeah, I don't know why he's on here, but number six, we have Jamie Hader. Only at number six. Okay. Number, number five, we have Will Osprey. Oh, oh my god. <sighs> Number four, Roman Reigns. You only put you only put Roman Reigns at number four. That is <laughs> that is just mind blowing. Here are the top three. Bianca Belair at number three. <laughs> oh my god. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me wrap my head around this. Okay. So, number one, you put you put Bianca Belair above Roman Reigns. Um, what's the criteria for this? Uh, <laughs> number two, you you put you put you put Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler below Bianca Belair. What's the again? I have to ask. Um, what's the criteria for this? I have no idea. You're your top two. Number two, John Moxley. Okay. And number one, Seth Rollins. 
So again, these are your top 10 wrestlers of 2022, according to Sports Illustrated. Really? You see, you're making my co-host tired. Look at him. Are you okay? You need me to get you coffee? And the machine's back here. It's all ready to go. This list scores me. <laughs> what is what is going on? The, 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 top, the top two doesn't bother me very much, but the rest of it does. Like when, uh, when uh, no, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Clay that showed us. And uh, we're like, what the hell? <laughs> 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 I mean, good, good lord, what is going on right now? Absolutely. Well, I, well your guess is as good but, as mine. Uh, yeah, that is just really, really weird. So that's, that wraps up the list, if you want to call it that. Now, before we get into the fun stuff, we need to do to put out some plugs, Ben. So, first of all, this show, the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, with myself, Elio Canella, and Ben Pierce. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Podcast, and, of course, now, Amazon Music. And the other show... Wrestling POV, along with myself, Elio Canella, Tony Diaz, and the $50 Man Clay Cummings. You can find us every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and now, Ben, here's the here's the new platform. Are you ready? What's this? Because you are part, you're part of the you're you're part of the extended family over Wrestling POV because you've been on the show. Wrestling POV can now be found on Amazon Music. Very, very cool. I appreciate that. Very cool. Because uh, Tony informed me that he got the same letter I got from Amazon. Oh, that well, that's kind of cool. So now both the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast and Wrestling POV are available on Amazon. So wherever you fans get your podcasts, you can find us there. And if you can't, well, you, you're, you're lying. You know, because we're everywhere, baby, especially now. You know, we, right? we, we've skyrocketed the last several months. So if you can't find us now, I don't know where the hell you're looking. <laughs> right? It, it must be some black hole, some sort of abyss or something. I don't know. Now, Ben, I was telling you, I'm, I'm going to bring back tournaments on the show, right? So I decided to do a mini tournament over on my TikTok page, okay? Yeah. So I had five tag teams. This was a random one that I threw together. Like, there's really no meaning or nothing behind it. I just wanted to do this and get out of the way. So the teams involved in this are Rated RKO, the APA, ooh. the APA. Yeah, no, I said ooh, not who. Oh. I'm intrigued. Sorry. Uh, the Dudley Boys. Okay. Harlem Heat and the Steiner Brothers. 
Harlem Heat, my boys. All right, now the first match up, and I want to get you a pick on this, okay? Like I already have the results, but uh, we're gonna you're gonna give me your pick for each match right here on the show. So the first match is R rated RKO versus the APA. Okay. Okay, give me your pick. I would have, I I would have to go with APA. Both of the, both of those guys are just such hard hitters, especially especially Ron Simmons. I'm I'm just gonna I would in an actual match in an actual fight. I just I can't I can't buy rated RKO over APA. Okay, and uh, well, I can't really give you a winner here because uh, both teams got fifty percent each. So there's split, people are split between this one. Well, then I, I serve as the tiebreaker, I guess. Yeah. So you, so APA wins. And the next match we have Harlem Heat versus the Dudley Boys. Harlem Heat, yeah. You're going to be quite upset, but the Dudley Boys got 67%. Well, you know, I I can I can kind of get that. I just I just have a fondness for Harlem Heat that that just goes way way back. So, but again, um, the votes that were coming in like after I had posted. Uh, so at the time uh, that I saw the results, Harlem Heat was winning. So I I'm they moved uh, they uh, advanced in the tournament. Okay. So the next match we have APA versus Harlem Heat. Oh man, that's crazy. Um <laughs> Oh god. Stab me in the heart. Well once again, <laughs> once again I'm gonna have to go APA. Okay, yeah, APA actually won with eighty-eight percent. Yeah. So that brings us because the Steiner brothers have a buy, so that brings us to the finals: APA versus the Steiner brothers. Oh man, that's that's a that's a fucking great matchup, and that's a, that's a great final. I really like that. Um, but once again, APA and APA won with eighty percent of the eighty percent, so APA wins this tournament. Very cool. So I'm not sure what the next one uh, coming up. Actually, offense, we'll be back shortly. All right, Ben, I found the tournament for next week. And these are the AEW stars that were not great wrestlers, but great sports entertainers. But who is the greatest sports entertainer in AEW? And I have the matches listed here. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. All right, we have Denhausen versus Rebel. Oh God. <laughs> Brian Brian Cage versus Chuck Taylor. I could cry. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Shay versus Eddie Kingston. Huh. Brandon Cutler versus Peter Avalon. Are you wait, are you sure you want to do this tournament? This is starting to make me cry. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna do this on TikTok uh, because you know what? I do have another one list here that we can do 
right right on uh, on um on the show okay very good this is a, the top 10 most underrated feuds in aew okay very good yeah so, let's, let's do that one the the, the other one was giving the, me the other one pain. the other one the other one i'll do on my own whatever um but here we go so the top 10 most underrated feuds and here are the matches okay okay so we have Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Young Bucks versus Adam Page versus Team Taz. Okay. Okay, then the next one is Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler and Adam Page versus Pac. Best Friends versus Proud and Powerful and Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. Where where is Serena D? By the way, that's all I want to know. Right, we we haven't seen her. Then we have Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, and Sting and Darby Allen versus Team Taz, and the final matchup: Andrade versus Pack and MGF versus John Moxley. Uh oh, well that last one's going to be good. So I'm going to set up the brackets and the matches and next week and I will post them on my TikTok throughout the week and on the next show I will have the results. Sounds good, man. Well, actually, how long should we give this uh, tournament? Because uh, we have to give people time to like vote. We'll do, how about next next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but next. All right, that sounds good. Next Saturday, we can uh, we'll we'll have the results. I will give fans enough time to get their votes in, and I can uh, I can actually do um once I get all the matches done, the opening matches, then I can just post the other matches of the teams that advance, and then uh, we can get the overall results on next Saturday's show. Yeah, very good. All right, so that takes care of that. And I do have results from Friday night's WWE Holiday Tour live event, the final event of uh, 2022. And Friday night, they were in Toronto, Ontario, down at the Coca-Cola Coliseum. And here are the results. So the opening match, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship and in a no contest, we had interference from Bailey, who got double teamed by Bianca and Becky. Oh, Lord. <laughs> in match number two, we had the Street Profits defeating Alpha Academy. Yeah, I hope, I'll tell you what, I, I hope the Street Profits get back on track now that Montez Ford is back. In the third match, Omos defeated Mustafa Ali. Who gives a shit? Poor (laughs) poor Mustafa Ali. Good God. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Can we just admit that Omos is like a failed Frankenstein experiment and move the fuck on? Just like a Sutton Saint, you know. When when was the last time we saw that? We haven't haven't ever seen them in the ring, have we? Uh, well, no, no, the last time, um, not in the ring, I don't think. He, he, I think he did one tag match, you know, like in the sixth man, but the last time we physically saw him on screen was at the um, full gear pay-per-view. I don't care. 
Then we had a mixed tag team match. Carl Anderson and Mia Yim defeated the Judgment Day Damien Priest and Rhea Ripley. Very good. Dexter Loomis defeated The Miz by DQ after Baron Corbin interfered on behalf of The Miz. Johnny Gargano then makes a save and we get a tag team match. Oh, God. <laughs> Baron Corbin exists to haunt my dreams. Which, of course, uh, Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano won by defeating Miz and Corbin. Now, well, the man. Okay, well, there is justice in the world. At least uh, Baron Corbin lost. The main event. Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor in a steel cage match. During the match, Rhea Ripley enters a cage and attacks Rollins, and Becky Lynch then makes a save, and Seth Rollins hits Balor with a curb stomp and gets the pinfall. So I, I guess the cage doesn't mean anything in professional wrestling anymore because anybody can interfere in a fucking cage match. Right? So what's going on? When I was growing up, when I was a kid and I was watching, Steel Cage served to keep the two the two opponents in the ring and everyone else out of the ring. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just ridiculous. So I don't understand why, but um, now I have something for you. I found on TikTok. <laughs> oh, very cool. Okay, so the first one is uh. The horrible Christmas sweater. Which horrible Christmas sweater are you, Ben? Oh, Christ. Now, you know the drill. Two seconds and say stop, okay? Yes. Go ahead. Stop. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. This is not the Christmas sweater. This is a which attitude era superstar are you? Okay, so go ahead. Two seconds, stop, go. Stop. Oh. Oh. <laughs> ben, you are Diesel. Oh, well, that fits, especially considering our, our, our earlier conversation. All right, okay. Now, here we go. This is... um. That one that I that we uh, talked about, Marissa DeLuco. Except, uh, I just take random people whenever I have the whenever they do these things. Then I have fun with you on here and get your get like uh, your pick. Yeah. So here we go. This is the ugly Christmas sweater. Which ugly Christmas sweater are you? Go. Stop. Oh, jeez. You're AJ Styles. Oh, Lord. That's a real ugly uh, sweater. Good <laughs> 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 Lord. Yeah, yeah my, my uncle made us have a, made us have a um, ugly Christmas sweater one year. Oh, I, no. I think I was like 25 or 26. Oh, or Something like that. It was just awful. <laughs> All right. So that is that. Um, and now, actually, then before um, we uh, went on the air, tomorrow night is January 4th. Tomorrow night is night one of Wrestle Kingdom from the Tokyo Dome. 
And I have the match listing in front of me. So we see we make our picks for who's going to win these matches here. Very good. All right, so Wrestle Kingdom 17 from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan on tomorrow night, January 4th, and here we go. Now, unlike WWE, these kickoff shows, well, they don't necessarily mean anything, but at least they're better than the WWE. So we have Ryohei Oiwa versus Oleg Bolton. And, uh, but this next match means something, and I'll explain it right now. Okay. The second match on the pre-show pre is the New Japan Rambo to determine who will challenge for the King of Pro Wrestling 2023 Championship at New Year's Dash. New Year's Dash. <laughs> New Year's Dash. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go get the card for that one because I'm going to look at that uh, after we go after we get done with Wrestle Kingdom. So now the New Japan Rambo. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so New Japan Rambo is New Japan's version of the Royal Rumble. Because, you know, on the Royal Rumble, the winner gets a championship match at WrestleMania. This is New Japan's version of the Royal Rumble. Okay, cool. All right, here we go with the main card. So this is the Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag team match. We have Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Togi Makabe versus Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. Sounds like a good match. Do you have a pick for that one? Uh, well, no, no, only because in, in most situations involving New Japan Pro, I really don't have enough knowledge to make an educated pick. Okay. All right. All right. So then I'll just go through the matches. We don't have to do our, any picks for these. So match number two, we have Catch 22, which is made up of TJP and Francesco Akira versus Oh, this uh, tag team name is original Leo. Oh, God. Made up of Leo Rush and Yo of Rapongi 3K. Oh, my God. So this is a tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. That's a mouthful. Next up, we have... The IWGP Women's Championship. Kyrie Sane defeating, defending against Tam Nakano. Oh, good. Well, good to hear Kyrie Zane is doing something. Next, we have the IWGP Tag Team Championships. FTR versus Bishamon, made up of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Then we have the tournament final for the inaugural New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ren Narita. World TV title. Give me a flashback to WCW and Impact. <laughs> Next, we have the Never Openweight Championship. Carl Anderson defending against Tama Tonga. 
See, that confuses me because I legitimately thought that um, Carl Anderson was supposed to drop the title the last time he defended it because he's now signed with WWE. I don't know. Well, apparently, I guess uh, they let him keep the title. So, I guess yeah. they let him keep the title in, uh, in honor of his New Japan uh, days. Like uh, his uh, commitments. So, I suppose. So, uh, next we have a six man tag team match with Keiji Muto. Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shura Yumino versus Los Ingobernables de Japón made up of Tetsuna Ido, one of my favorites, Sonata and Bushi. And this is Keiji Mudo's last New Japan match. And, uh, Are you retiring? I, I believe so. It just says this will be his last NJPW match. Okay. Then we have. Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier, defending his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship in a four-way against El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, and Master Wado. Master Wado, that's funny. <laughs> For the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Will Ospreay defends against Kenny Omega. Oh, and that's going to be a fantastic match. And in the main event, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Jay White defends against Kazuchika Okada. Oh, well, another fantastic match. And so that is just night one of Wrestle Kingdom 17. And now, actually, let me go grab um, the card for the following night, which is New Year Dash. Cool. Let me just see if there's, there are any matches here. So, so New Year's Dash will take place from the Oda City General Gymnasium in Tokyo, Japan on January 5th. And uh, yeah, okay. So there, there are no matches uh, announced yet. Well, that that's surprising considering it's January third, as we're uh, sitting here recording this. Right. So uh, yeah, no, uh, no uh, matches announced. So you know what? Um, that brings us to our final segment: wrestling roulette. Well, Very good. Speaking of, we were supposed to be joined by your friend tonight. Yes, and uh, un- unfortunately, he had a, a family situation come up. But no. he, at, the, at the very latest, he will be joining us next Saturday. Um, I just have to um, – he, he may be joining us this Saturday. I just have to check on the um, situation. But at the very latest, he'll be joining us uh, next Saturday. And then once um, – once, uh, uh, Elio and I nail down the day for our uh, Royal Rumble uh, prediction show, um, which is always the Tuesday before the Royal Rumble. I just don't have my calendar in front of me. Um, then I will. I'll also get him for that one as well. So, um, so family, uh, family commitment. 
In other words, he's 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 out hunting zombies, keeping the world safe. Exactly. So, um, so thank know. thank you for uh, doing that. Well, in, in, in all seriousness, he is a, a former <laughs> military a former military guy as well. So, um, so all kinds of protection going on there. So, um. But uh, before we move on to our final segment, once again, uh, this virtual well, producer business is really pissed me off. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back and uh, to give you the final segment of the first show of 2023. Stay tuned. Yes, and uh, we are, I also have to um, have another, have something else to uh, bring up uh, with regards to Ash. So cool. stay tuned for that. All right, we're back. So Ben, when we have your friend back on for the Rumble predictions, we need him because we are going to have our own Royal Rumble. And what I mean by that, I have an app on my phone, which is the, which has different number generators. So I have on this app, let me just pull the app. Up here, I have, if you can check, see my phone? Yeah. I have a wheel with 30 slots on it. You, both of you, oh, actually all three of us, are going to pick a number between 1 and 30. And I'm going to spin the wheel, and whatever number it lands on, that is your number for both the men's and women's rumble. Whoever enters the match at that number during the pay-per-view, that's your uh, wrestler for both the uh, matches. Sounds good. Oh, speaking. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention this earlier, but speaking of the Royal Rumble, folks, um, some something interesting popped up on my on my timeline from one of the podcasters I listen to. Um, his name is uh, he goes by uh, Solo Monster. Um, and, um, he, he said, I just want to bring something to your attention. Um, Kofi Kingston is the only person who has declared for the Royal Rumble. And that was over a month ago. And we're, uh, we're 23 days shy of the Royal yeah, Rumble. Yeah, yeah, you know what? He is, because I even looked it up when I was, again, the card for Wrestle Kingdom. I was looking up Royal Rumble 2023. His name is the only one listed. <laughs> What? So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they got so wrapped up in Charlotte Flair return plans and dumping the fucking championship on her that they forgot about the fucking Royal Rumble. Now, another thing, um, we are going to be having our inaugural wrestling roulette championship. And we are going to have Ben versus Ash. It's going to be the f- a game of 21. The first of 21 will be the new champion. And what I do, what I have here, this is a, the tally app I have on my phone. I have both you and him on there. So every time we get one, you get one right, I can mark it off. Easy. So it's easier for me to do. And the last thing before rushing with that, Ben, I have those questions for you. Very good. So let me pull those up for my TikTok because I have them posted up there. So let me just go in here and 
Okay, so the first question, actually, I don't know if I asked you this, these ones, but if I didn't, um, well, here we go. The first one we had, this was on the last show of 2022 that we recorded on Friday. Right. This is a promo battle, okay? Gotcha. MJF, who wins? MGF versus Enzo Amore. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking MJF, honestly. I mean, I mean, it would be one hell of a battle, and I, I mean, I would be sitting back with my popcorn and my Mountain Dew and, you know, fucking, you know, milk goods or whatever the fuck, and I, I, I would be having the, a blast, but ultimately, I do think it would be MJF. Well, then, uh, y- you win because I picked MJF, uh, Clay went with Enzo, but Tony went with MJF. As, as did Julian, so MJF wins that one because on my TikTok, I have a 50-50 here. Cool. So the next one I have for you is Fantasy Match, Bianca Belair versus Britt Baker. Um, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair won, but I can't believe the people on TikTok. 67% voted for Britt Baker. I uh, you know they must they must be AEW drones. I can all, I uh, you know I can only imagine. Look, you know I like AEW a lot. There's a lot that AEW does that I thoroughly appreciate. Um, but I would be completely lying to you if I did not admit and point out that there are very, um, among certain groups of fans of AEW, it's a, it's a very, um, weird sense of, um, of just, I don't, I don't know what to call it. I've heard, I've heard the term, you know, cult-like, um, I've heard, I've heard the term, um, you know what? Tribalism. You know, you know what, Ben? I don't know if you heard this. Booker T called AW fans a cult. Well, it, it, I don't know if I want to go that far, but it's just—I mean, I certainly understand it. But it's just—it's it, just this sense of blind loyalty that I just—I don't really understand. I do not get it. I mean, jeez. But so, Bianca won that one, and this is the. Last question we had on our Friday's show, and then I'm going to throw you the ones we have for this week. Uh-huh. So the last question we had, if Ronda Rousey had never been, had never come to WWE, would you still know who she was, or would you remember her? Absolutely. Ab- well, absolutely. One, because I'm a you know, massive MMA fan. Uh, and it, well, it, well, yeah, massive MMA fan, but side note, I, I don't get UFC events anymore because, one, you have to pay 70 bucks just to get ESPN Plus. Oh, wow. To, to access oh, the, ben, ben. the, the they, have, they But they have them on the site. Well, 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 yeah, well I know that now, but, but I'm just saying. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. 
I'm just saying before that the the one site became available, right? You know, which was which was which was a long time before I found out about the site. They they transferred over to ESPN Plus. So check this out. So you have to pay seventy bucks for ESPN Plus, plus the cost of the pay per view, just to get one pay per view. Wow, so like seventy you, bucks. Jeez. You could you could potentially pay like one hundred and forty bucks for one pay per view. Wow. And let's let's say you're interested in like the co-main event and the main event. You know, so potentially you could be paying one hundred and forty bucks for like two minutes of action if they're quick fights or wow. like quick knockouts. Okay, here is so here are the questions for this week. Are you ready? Yeah. Fantasy match. Hook versus Dominic Mysterio. Hook. Absolutely Hook. What? Hook. Yeah. Why? What? He's a better wrestler. Hook. Fans, this is the first show of 2023. <laughs> it was also Ben Pierce's last show. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> okay, I mean, okay. Why would you pick Dom? Because, well, he's more believable. He's been in a program with Seth Rollins. He's, he's part of Judgment Day. He's in a program with his father now. Who did Hook beat? Well, and, and that's a that's a good question, but I'm just you know, character wise, I, I believe more in Hook. All right, just don't be calling yourself a hooker. No, that's okay. Uh, I can't believe you, you you fans. This is what you come up with, right? For your for for the names that you call yourselves, uh, fans of Hook. I don't understand. Jesus Christ. Okay, this next question will make you mad. This is our next question for this week. Yes. Is Charlotte Flair the greatest wrestler? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely no. No. You're going to be very angry, Ben. Because 77% said yes. For, for the greatest female wrestler, there's no way in hell. And you're playing music in the background there, by the way. I'm not. No, I'm not no. playing music. Are you sure? Yeah, so, I, I have no music. Oh, okay. No. Um, but anyway, um, no, absolutely not. No. All right. So, and of course, like in between all uh, posts that cover art for this show, and I I started posting my own uh, cover art. I have a couple of UFC posters I did up, and I have a couple of uh, New Japan ones I did. Oh, cool. So uh, those are the questions I had uh, that uh, we're going to talk about on Friday. All right, now we're going to get into Wrestling Roulette, the first game of 2023. way this works, I play 21 tracks, 10 seconds. Ben has to guess which wrestler that belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. Here we go. 
my god. I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. You're going to be surprised by this. That is Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Yeah. Do you, do, do you know like when he had that one or was that like a special alternate version? This one is called Dangerous, so I'm not sure if this was uh, during his Alliance days because he had a lot of weird uh, versions of his theme when he was with the Alliance during the whole ECW thing. Oh, okay. All right, so, so the zero score... Still, so you will track two. Uh, Undertaker? Undertaker, yes. Okay. All right, so you're on the board with one. Here we go, track three. Okay. MVPS. All right, track four. Another Royal Rumble '95 tie in Tatanka. Tatanka, yes. Here we go. just a shot in the dark no okay. that is Lance Kate and Trevor Murdoch oh man it's it's so sad what happened to Lance Kate all right here we go track six no again after I get rid of these ones the ROH ones Oh, here we go. Uh, can you play that again? typewriter um uh i don't know gregory helms no that is sam greco wcw i have no idea who that is you know what neither do i all right here we go next one John Cena, welcome back. John Cena. A timely show tie-in. And that intro is literally 10 seconds until the that kicks in. Yeah. All I, right. still re- I still remember when Paul Heyman was doing the... 
<laughs> that was great. Oh, that was so cool. That was like I, I was dying when you did that. That was wonderful. You know what? I think I need to watch that after we get off the air. Are you on track eight? Are you ready? Yeah. Dumpster, uh, Duke the Dumpster. Yes, Duke the Dumpster. This guy's on TikTok too. He apparently follows me, and I, because I, I started following him, he always greets his uh, fans in the weirdest way. Because if he does a, if he uh, the, if he posts a video, and it shows yeah. up on your for you page, it's always the same greeting. Konnichiwa, bitches. <laughs> what, the, what? <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> all right sure why not okay here we go with the next one sounds cool but i don't know who it is i'm kind of sad that i don't that sounds really cool all right that is dominic dijakovic uh, now i haven't watched nxt has, has he been featured regularly he is currently in a program with tony d'angelo well not like feeling with not feeling with him but like uh he's in a program because tony d'angelo is in a program with wesley over the north american championship However, right. however, Dominic Dijakovic has inserted himself into that few then uh, like uh, on the last episode, uh, Tony D'Angelo told Stax to go make sure that Dijak doesn't interfere in his championship match. Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but I'd like to sleep. I gotta go listen to the rest of it. Okay, well, here we go, number 10. Jesus Christ. Sounds like, uh, oh my God. Oh dear. Um, I don't know, Simon Dean? No, that is Alex Wright. Oh, okay. I, I always get this one, but I never get the other one because he has two themes on here. All right, here we go in track 11. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Yes, you are. You are now at six. All right. You are track 12. Wait a minute. Let's go. Yeah, I have to go and uh, get rid of a lot of these ones that. Okay, here we go.
It sounds so familiar, but I just, I don't know. Pass. That is Triple H. What? Yeah, you gotta. Uh, that had to be an alternate version. No, I know. Uh, no, you know what? I remember him using this one time in two thousand. Oh dear. Yeah, it's called corporate player. Oh, that sucks. Uh, what the theme? Uh, no, just the fact that I, but you know, I just couldn't place it. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, here we go. Track thirteen. No, we already had that one. Oh, here we go. That's just a stupid theme. Pass, I don't know. That is Jeff Jarrett. Oh, well, shit. That makes sense. All right, here we go. Track 14. Are you ready? Yep. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yes. What did I say? This is track 14? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Track 15. That is Benjamin and Gable. Oh, God. That was so short-lived. How is anybody supposed to get that? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Track 16. What? <laughs> I have not a fucking clue. That is the bounty. Oh, Jesus. And I did, they should have the other one. Then I could do my lip syncing. Oh, Lord. Well, I yeah. always get the other one, but I don't think I've ever heard that one. All right. Well, that's his uh, first, the first one he, uh, he had. All right, track 17. Mordecai? Yes, Mordecai. You are you have eight. Cool. Alright. I said track seventeen or sixteen. Seventeen. Alright, here we go, track eighteen. Rick Steiner, yeah. All right. Track 19, are you ready? Yes, sir. Uh, not sure. That is Hugh Morris. Oh, God. 
All right, here's the next one. Track uh, two more. You go to track 20. You know what? I have Mankind in here, but I'll give it to you because he uses Mick Foley as well. Yes. Okay, cool. Alright, that was track 20. No, yeah. Tra- yeah, that tra- was track 20. Okay, here we go. This is your last one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. The Four Horsemen, yes. All right. So there we go. 21 tracks. How many did I get? You have 11. Not bad. So uh, 20 tracks and you have it. Well, 21 tracks and you have it. All right, so you have 21 tracks and you have a score of 11. And well, we still have time. We can wrap this up, Ben. So again, yeah. what do we have for Saturday? Um, we have Dynamite, SmackDown. Uh, do you want to do another um, Royal Rumble review? We can. Uh, did we do 96? I don't think so. Okay, we could probably do that one. Let me let me look it up just to make sure, but I don't I don't think so. Let me see if the card looks at all familiar. Still want to go back to uh, to Mid South uh, for a few shows. Yeah, you yeah, that. We, yeah, we we uh, I can just, I can record some throughout the week. So I saw dates uh, written down. So let Which, me check Rumble 96. That was Bret Hart and Undertaker. Um, and that was uh, Shawn, Shawn Michaels won the Rumble was, uh, again that year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think, because I'm going down the, down the card and I don't think I've seen this one. Yeah, okay, we do this one. Yeah, okay. Cause this one was another decent rumble with uh oh this is when Goldust was feeding with Razor Ramon. Oh okay yeah I, okay well I kind of want to do it now. All right yeah definitely all right. <laughs> and oh okay and and this rumble uh, lasted twenty eight minutes longer than the one that ninety five did okay. <laughs> so it, it clearly it's it's a much it's a much uh, more decent Royal Rumble. <laughs> uh, 
All right, then I, I'll figure out how my mic works because I'm gonna actually, I still have the test recording we did before we started doing this show. And um, I'm gonna give that a listen, see if I, if anything uh, picks up on there that shouldn't be on there. And if it doesn't, then we can try recording with the mic. Okay, very good. So that's all we have then. Yes. But that was a very good show. All right, fans. So that is it. The first episode of the new year is in the books. I'm Elio. He's Ben. We will be back on Saturday with a brand new episode. We will conclude with the rest of this week in wrestling as well as Royal Rumble 96 and Wrestling Roulette. Very good. So Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night to the fans. And remember... If you if you can't find the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast at this point, you're lying because we are definitely everywhere now. And we'll see you on Saturday. <laughs>